Hello, I'm John Bates, and welcome to my podcast, Hope for Today, where I inspire to live with heavenly perspective and kingdom mindset. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoy. Hello, welcome again to Hope for Today. So glad that you chose to join me. Today is a good day, and I'm believing that God's very best is for you. Every week, I love to talk about Jeremiah 29, 11, how God has plans for you. Let me tell you what those plans are. First of all, he's for you. He's never against you. Even when you mess up and blow it, he's not against you. He wants you to do well because he has hope for you and a bright future. God has a plan for your life. And even in this pandemic, God has a plan for your life. And so I want to encourage you today, don't be downcast. Don't be sorrowful. Be hopeful. In fact, I believe we are now in the endemic. We're coming out of this pandemic, and I'm excited for that. And uh, not getting back to normal, but getting on to the new. I believe God has new and exciting things for all of us and new and exciting things for you. Well, today I am excited to introduce a very special guest. This is Mark Estes. Mark lives in Charleston, South Carolina. He and his wife uh, pastor North Palm Church there. Uh, they started this church. I've been there. A vibrant, powerful, spirit-empowered church. They are phenomenal leaders. They're more than leaders. Uh, Mark is an apostle, and so he is a leader of leaders. And Mark, I just want to say welcome and thank you for being on Hope for Today. Well, John, it's an honor to be with you. I'm really excited about what God is doing and what the Spirit is speaking. Yes, I am too. I was, uh, you know, thinking of you when when I'm around you. I feel such confidence in you as a pastor. You know, I've been in your church. Uh, in fact, I pastor a church too down in Texas, and so uh, I came back saying, "Okay, this church has got it going on." For a church in the middle of a pandemic to get their people to serve the way that your people serve said so much about your leadership. And so I wanted today to talk about hope for the church. I always like to, you know, talk about hope. Um, but I have so many friends who are pastors, and uh, some of them have have given up already. Uh, some of them are leaving the ministry, uh, staff members just pulling away, say, I got to do something else because this is awful. I, I call it the ABCs of ministry. If we're focused on attendance buildings and cash, well, it's this is a hard time. So, uh, you know, I'm just focused <laughs> on the Lord and the people that show up. And so our people aren't all back yet. Uh, many are watching online. Some have left. New people have come in. Our numbers have not recovered, but we're a vital church in the kingdom of God. We're vibrant. We're alive. And I just wanted to hear from you, a pastor of pastors, about hope for the church today uh, in our nation and the nations of the world. Amen. You know, John, um, when the Lord speaks and words of hope sometimes come dis uh, disguised, and it doesn't right. look so hopeful when you hear them. It's kind of right. like the, the vision that the Lord gave you a few years ago. Right. Where you saw these uh, clouds moving across the nation, coming from different regions. Right. But in the end, there was light springing mm -hmm. forth, and the light drove out the darkness. And so this past, um, well, a few days ago, actually, I was awakened at 1 o'clock in the morning. Uh, Patricia and I were in a deep sleep, and... Um, I heard the doorbell ring. But what I didn't hear was the reason the doorbell was ringing. And that was our security alarm had gone off. Mm. 
and it had gone off and we didn't respond. You know, the security sure. company sends a text, you know, are you okay? They call you, you don't answer, they send you an email. Right. <laughs> well, we didn't respond to anything, so they sent the police. Ah. And so when I looked out my window, I saw a police officer ringing my doorbell. And and they were there were two police officers, just as nice as they could be, professional, courteous. They were sitting there to protect sure. us. They were watching over us, you know. And they, you know, the interesting thing was they knew exactly where the alarm was triggered. They knew what window had caused the alarm to go off. You know, they when they got that, they knew the position of my house. Right. They knew where my house was located. They knew that the window that triggered the alarm was to the backyard. They knew that there were woods and a marsh behind my house. And so they said, you know, it just seemed like everything was coming together, that this was legitimate, that there could be something bad sure. going on. And so they responded. And and after that, you know, we're looking at the phones and, and watching the cameras and seeing all the stuff that goes on in the security footage. We couldn't find anything, you know, but you're, you're wired up. Sure. You can't go back to sleep. And the Lord began to speak to me. And he began to speak to me in that, that passage in Joel 2, 1, where he said, blow the trumpet in Zion, sound an alarm on my holy mountain. And the Lord began to, to tell me, you know, there is an alarm that's going off. And the trumpet was blown two times. Well, the first time it was, there's danger. Right. You know, alert the people that there's danger. And so I believe Holy Spirit is saying that we're in, of course, it's obvious, a very dangerous time. Right. It's dangerous in big cities. It's dangerous everywhere you go. Every mountain of societal influence is being yes, shaken. Is. Government, business, um, arts, entertainment, everything, media. You know, uh, this this past week, all the different media heads that are losing their jobs, that are being fired. You know, so there is this huge shaking that's going on. And, of course, the Bible also says that when judgment comes, it begins with oh, the house God. of the Lord. Yeah. So this is a this is a direct impact on the church. And I believe the word for the church is wake up. Mm -hmm. Wake up because the alarm is going off. But the circumstances for that in Joel 2 are really what speak to me today about hope for the church. That passage in Joel, that whole prophecy, first of all, Joel was um, a nobody. Right. We don't know anything about Joel. We know who his father was. His father was Petuel. But we don't know anything about him. He didn't do anything significant before this. And, and to our knowledge, he didn't do anything earth shattering afterward. But he was in this moment in time, a nobody, a nobody prophet. And I feel like there are probably a lot of people watching and listening today that, that they don't see their own significance. Right. You know, it's like I haven't stepped into my destiny and I wonder if I ever will. But God is speaking through nobodies. There's this mm -hmm. point in time, and I want to release this, that if you're listening or watching today and you feel like you've not been significant, you're about to move into the reason you were created. Wow. You're about to move into your season, and God's going to anoint you. And the great thing is nobodies can bring regional, national, and worldwide change. That's true. And so that's the kind of message that was coming through Joel. The other thing is that uh, this message came at the time of a great plague. There was a plague that had devastated the, the, the southern tribe of Judah and Benjamin, the southern kingdom. 
And this plague came and it, it devastated the economy. It rocked everything, just like what we're going through today. Sure. The plague that we're facing, uh, we're facing coronavirus, COVID-19. Mm-hmm. It's been going on for a couple years now. And as you alluded to earlier, a lot of people have not recovered right. from that. And, and it's shaken every mountain. The government is not the same because of it. Business is not the same. Logistics are not the same. The supply chain has been erupted. There's so much going on. Even if you talk to teachers, students have been oh, so impacted yeah, because different. a lot of them have had to go online for two years. I, I talked to a teacher this morning and she said they just want to fight now. They're throwing rocks at each other that they have not been socialized. So, yeah, it's, it's rough. It's crazy. I, I was talking to one of our school teachers the other day, and he teaches freshmen. And But he said they're coming in, and they think they're freshmen, but they're on a seventh grade right. learning right. level. Exactly. For two years, they've just been not learning. So, you know, it's not been a good thing. And, and it's shaken literally every area of society. Just like the locusts did. The mm-hmm. locusts came in in right. Joel's day. And in a, in a moment's time, they decimated all the crops. And the sad thing was when the locusts came in, not only did they decimate the crops, but they took away the seeds. Right. You know, And so people lost their livelihood for a year, and then they lost their livelihood for another year. And, and that's what churches and businesses and economies and the world is having to struggle through. Not only did we have to go through 2020, but we had to go through 2021. And, and now people are just beginning to get to a point where they can recover. Right. But, but here we are that this trumpet is, is sounding and God's raising up people. And then he blows the trumpet again and he sounds another alarm. And this time it's for the nations. It's for everyone to hear. And so I believe that the church the ecclesia has the answer for the world right. that we don't need to look to government. We don't need to look to the, to the business mountain or the entertainment mountain or the media mountain or education or family. We, we need to look to Jesus. Right. Jesus is the truth. He's the way he's the light. And, you know, so I really believe that God's depositing hope in the church of just this supernatural scale. That's phenomenal, and I, I couldn't, <clears throat> excuse me, I couldn't agree with you more. I've uh, talked to many of our pastors. Uh, we have some churches in different nations, especially Honduras, where they're still really being hit hard with COVID and lost so many pastors, and uh, the people are are just discouraged. Uh, I know in Egypt, yeah. uh, they've had a, just different places where we have ministry. I've been talking to them. What would you say to people in other nations that uh, they lost their pastors or lost their staff to COVID or mm-hmm. they're, they're just struggling right yeah. now? What, what is the hope for them? You know, the hope is always in the cross. Okay. The hope is always in the power of Jesus to change present circumstances. You know, um, Losing someone that you love is so difficult. Yes. It's so, so horrible. Uh, back uh, Christmas Eve of 2003, we were traveling to uh, Patricia's mother's house, to grandma's house. We do. We go every year to grandma's. And this year, my son, he was 19 years old, and he was driving the vehicle in front of us. 
with our, our best friend and our daughter, Deborah, in the back seat, and we were in the vehicle behind. And then we watched as uh, another uh, big SUV came and forced them off the road. And we watched as that vehicle turned that they were in turned over and over and over, actually 810 feet. And when it landed, when it finished landing, it was on its on its top. And so our son and and our best friend were in that vehicle, and our daughter Deborah and the two men in the front they were killed. Mm. And so you know, when you lose someone, it's horrible. Yes. But I can tell you what God does in the midst of tragedy for anyone that's lost a loved one, for anyone that's lost a, a, a family member or even a pastor, a man of God. There, And you're right. There have been so many men of God that have been taken down by COVID that have lost their life. But what happens is God begins to work in the midst of the darkness. Right. God begins to do a deeper work in you. I know that I would never want to go through that circumstance again. I would never want anyone that I know or love to have to go through that. But I can tell you on the other side that God has a redeeming purpose. Yes. That God has given me so many more sons, mm. so many more daughters, so many more co-workers in the faith. And it's through that tragedy that God did a work in me. Mm-hmm. I can look back at my life and say that the valley that I walked through, the hell that I walked through, helped make me the man that I am today. Wow. And, and where I, I miss my son every day. Sure. I know that he's in heaven. Sure. I know that he's, he's secure. He's where I want to be. And so I don't have to worry about him. And I know we'll be reunited, but to walk through that, you have to have hope. Right. The hope is in Jesus. And so I would encourage anyone that's, that's facing devastation because of loss to, to really just turn to the Lord, hold on to him. He's going to bring the sun out again. The sun's going to come up in the morning. The birds are going to sing again. You know, the flowers are going to bloom and God's going to give hope for them. Wow, that's that's so wonderful. Thank you, Mark, for sharing such a personal story. And uh, I, I can't improve on that story. That's phenomenal. And I love what God's done in your life through it. It does instill hope. Psalms 127, 1a says, unless the Lord builds the house, we labor in vain, meaning we're wasting our time. I know the house. I want to talk a little bit about North Palm Church there in Charleston, South Carolina. Uh, such a vibrant place. What What would you say uh, that you and your wife instilled mainly to make it what it is today? What What has made the strength of that church? That's a great question. Um, first of all, God has been good to us, and uh, I don't consider ourselves really anything special. Well, but so many people do. Did, so many people do consider you special, though, because of <laughs> well, the God you carry with you. What I really believe, though, the focus is God gave us a word, and that word was to raise up an army. And, uh, you know, when you study scripture and you, you look at the Godhead and in the Old Testament, you know, uh, and then you look in the New Testament at the fivefold giftings. I believe the best understanding of God is in the context of family. Right. You know, God the Father, God the Son, God Holy Spirit. 
And so we know the Father and the Son are male. Uh, Holy Spirit in Hebrew, Rauk Elohim in Genesis 1, the word spirit in, in Hebrew is always feminine. And so when you look at that aspect, you understand that God is communicating unity and he's communicating family. And then when you look at the apostolic and you understand apostles, apostles are mothers and fathers. Right. And then, you know, and, and they oversee and they direct. So I think there's a very important key in that. But what do apostles do? Uh, Mothers and fathers, what do they do? They raise up children. Mm -hmm. And so, um, we work very deeply, personally, one-on-one uh, with people to disciple them. We want to get involved in their lives. We want to help them navigate. Now, of course, we can't do that uh, with the numbers that we have personally, sure. you know, ourselves one-on-one. But we raise up son and sons and daughters, and those sons and daughters raise up sons and daughters. And those sons and daughters raise up sons and daughters. And those sons and daughters raise up sons and daughters. And in the effect, in the, in the end, you have um, people who are marked and different in their walk with God because they have someone that loves them, that's committed to them, that pours into their life. And then when you talk about discipleship, there, there's, it's really a dirty word. I apologize for using it. But it's accountability, mm-hmm. you know, and it's it's actually, you know, you're getting getting into the business of a person's right. life, but it's relational. You know, your mom and dad get into your business. They help you. And that's really the only way you can grow. Right. The reason that that our nation, in my opinion, is going through such a devastating time, it really goes back to the disintegration of the family. When parent when fathers have been emasculated out of the home and there's no one there to give discipline. There's no one there to hold young men's feet to the fire. You know, then the family falls apart. And I feel like, you know, the church is really a reflection. It should be different, but it's, it's pretty much a reflection of the world. And so if we want to change that, then I think we have to, we have to create an atmosphere of family and, you know, families, it can be messy. Right. It's not always pretty, but uh, a real family sticks together and mothers and fathers love their children. They're there for them. They celebrate them when they do well, but then there are times too that they have to hold them accountable. That's, that's wonderful. I um, had a mentor years ago, it was old school, and uh, he said, you know, John is a pastor. You don't want to get too close to your staff. They're going to leave you. Uh, if you treat them like family, it's going to hurt too bad and you know, they're your staff. Well, I didn't really heed that advice because I do love family and it has hurt through the years. And uh, Mike Coleman, he's a friend of mine. He was the the founder of Integrity Music. He attends our church. And I was talking to him about it the other day. I said, Mike, I've been hurt again. I said, maybe I should listen to that mentor and not treated uh, our staff like family. He goes, why would you want to go to a church where the staff is not like family? He said, we're the family of God. So I think you have given the very best answer possible for health in a church is this is your family. 
And, uh, you know, families can be filled with toxicity. So can churches, but that word accountability (laughs) makes the difference. That's a true father of getting into people's lives. And, you know, Mark, at your church, the way your people served, I was only there two days, but the way they served, it was raining. Uh, They escorted people to the car with umbrellas and were happy to do it. It wasn't a job to them. They were honored to do it. I felt bad them having to walk in the rain and like, no, 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 please (laughs) let us. Uh, Carrying stuff for us, just uh, probably several people removed from you and your wife but they were probably your great, great, great grandchildren in that house. Uh, and it was a beautiful thing. And that is hope that that's hopeful because if you and Patricia had to walk away today, you have instilled such excellence and love into that body that it would continue. I'm convinced of that. And so I want to say kudos to you and your wife for fathering and mothering that house and other houses that you serve with. You've done a phenomenal job. Um, in closing, I, I just, I, I know you're prophetic as well, Mark. What would you speak to uh, the nations of the world coming out of the pandemic? What do you see God doing? I know you shared at the beginning that the Lord is waking us up with this call. But after, you know, this is a year of shaking. We know the prophets are saying that. What comes after? What are you seeing after the shaking? After yeah. Anything that can be shaken is shaken loose. What then? What do you see? Yeah. You know, I what I see is a, is a multi-generational outpouring of Holy Spirit. Yes, I do too. And you go go back to Joel chapter 2. And and the prophet said that that he would pour out his spirit upon all flesh. He said that that old men are going to dream dreams. And when you really look at that when he says when he talks about dreaming dreams, he's talking about in the youth there was a dream. Right. But it didn't happen, and so the dream died. Right. But what's going to happen is a resurrection of dreams. And so I want to release that. There are some older folk watching this, and you thought you've missed it. You thought you have lost it. You missed your opportunity. But in Jesus' name, that dream is coming back wow. to life. I declare right now that every dream Holy Spirit has given you is going to come to pass. And then he said that young men are going to see visions. Mm -hmm. There's going to be a vision for the future. If you don't have vision, the Bible says the people perish. Vision is knowledge. And so God is anointing the mind of young people. He's giving innovation. He's giving strategy. He's given know-how. And so God is is bringing about new vision and, and this outpouring of the Holy Spirit. It's on the old, he said, the elderly. He said, it's going to be on the youth, the young men, the the children. He said, it's going to be on the brides and the bridegrooms. So there's that that middle generation. And so it's a multi-generational outpouring of Holy Spirit. He's going to flood the earth with his his presence. We're going to see the billion soul harvest. But I believe we may be shooting too low. (laughs) Maybe we need to be believing for the multi-billion oh, soul right. harvest. I love that. Because Joel said, everyone right. who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved wow. in Jesus. That's, that's wonderful. You know, this weekend, Mark, I, I did a conference, and it was for several different denominations. And uh, the Lord told me to speak on prophecy. 
And we broke into small groups at the end. And those men from Methodist, Baptist, Lutheran, Catholic were prophesying and praying over one another. I believe the church is ready to move forward. Uh, I believe after going through this pandemic, they're like, God, what do you have for us? Uh, the old rules, we're ready to throw them out and do it your way. And so what you've spoken about unrealized dreams and things coming, I wholeheartedly jump in the middle of that. That's so hopeful. And I love that God is the master of hope. Um, how would people get in, in touch with you guys and find out what's going on there at North Palm Church? Sure. Well, uh, northpalm.org. Okay. N-O-R-T-H-P-A-L-M dot O-R-G. Yeah. Uh, that's our website. Uh, if you want to see what we're all about, one great place is northpalm.tv. Okay. We also have an app. There are ways that, that you can contact us through the app or through the website, and we would just be honored to connect with anyone that's uh, that's interested. Yeah, they have phenomenal services um, and ministries, so I want you to check them out. We put on the screen right there for you, their uh, websites uh, for you to go to. So please check out this wonderful couple, Mark and Patricia Estes. They are in Charleston, South Carolina, a beautiful historic city with a powerful church. Well, Mark, again, thank you for being my guest today. Uh, this has been so hopeful. You have breathed life into any pastor, any member of any church. The best is yet to come. The, the worldwide revival Amen. after the shaking, it's going to be worth it. We'll say, okay, we get it. Amen. We get what you were doing, God. Amen. We understand. So <laughs> thank you, Mark. And thank you for joining us today on Hope for Today. I pray that this will be a blessed day for you. I hope you are encouraged. And I believe that you will have a great tomorrow, the day after, day after. And I will see you again next week. God bless. Thanks for listening to Hope for Today with John Bates. Let us know your thoughts by leaving a review. You can subscribe and share these episodes wherever you listen. You can connect with John through Facebook, Instagram, and at johnbatesministries.com. Have a blessed day.